Welcome to The Quad, CCB's sport podcast. I'm Simon Hill, Deputy Head at Christ College, and I'm delighted that you've joined us as we discuss all the latest sports news at the school. We'll cover global sporting issues and also spend time with invited guests, all of whom have specialisms or interest in the world of sport. This is The Quad. Okay, and good evening and welcome to uh, episode six of the uh, of the quad and I'm really pleased to kind of be joined by the usual crowd here. Um, we're in the foundry as always and uh, it's a very cold and very wintry Brecon um, has been over the last couple of days and, and we fell kind of victim of, uh, of the cold on the weekend and lots of our fixtures were cancelled unfortunately which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, usual crowd are here me, with me today and I'm just going to throw it out there so what's been going on in your world of sport? Dan I saw you out there in your shorts yesterday on the, uh, on the, on the pitch Doing some training, so uh, the snow didn't stop you? No, I wasn't going to stop me. No, I was up anyway. I had to give one of the lads a lift, so I thought, hey, I'm about now, I may as well get some training done. And I quite enjoyed it, actually. Yeah? It was quite quiet, no distractions. So I saw uh, Jack Perrins came out and joined you as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so good do, doing some kicking. Yeah, just yeah. kicking. Doing a bit of extras. Yeah. Good stuff. All, how about you? What have you been up to? Well, <coughs> since uh, our... School game was uh, cancelled against Dean Close. There was a big push for us to play our youth game on a ground that we definitely should not have played on. Really? So, yeah, we had our club youth game on the Saturday uh, and it was pretty horrible. I can't lie. Uh, yeah. when, you, when you fell on the ground, it was just completely Too rock hard. solid. Yeah. Like, uh, half the pitch was just completely rock solid. Like, uh, we were on the same ground as the first, the first team, but the first team didn't play because of the pitch and we somehow played because... Wow. And the referee called. Who ref then? Was it kind of the ref was pretty pretty. Uh, <laughs> it was an interesting ref. I can't remember. Right. Okay. Right. So probably shouldn't have played. No. Did anyone? And no injuries though. Everyone got survived. Well, uh, Cam broke his shoulder. Oh wow! So it, yeah, what, yeah, falling on the ground. I I'm not sure what it was oh, from. To be honest. I know. Well, he was um, ball came out of the back of the scrum. The went to pass the ball away. The other scrum half hit the ball out of his hand. Went back to dive on it and the other scratcher scrum half fell on top of him, broke his collarbone. And yes, he has confirmed that it snapped. So no, that's not he, good. He's out for a while. I think he's done that before as well. It is his opposite shoulder. That's the other one. That is bad luck. Uh, so that's not that's not so good. And uh, probably shouldn't have played on that pitch if uh, if you if you say it was a bit too uh, too hard. Uh, girls, how's uh, how's kind of the world of uh, girls sport going? Uh, the hockey's been really successful in the last couple of weeks with off. Um, the national finals and another day. Real. So we've had a good time. Good stuff. We'll talk about that in a bit more detail. Al, same for you. Well, I've been out with injury for three weeks, but I played on Friday in good. the World every game. Race against time for you, wasn't it? Yeah. You had to get back fit. Yeah. And uh, it was worth it, wasn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. So missing the last few weeks has definitely been worth it. And I think that that kind of says a lot about missing out if you are injured yeah. and not pushing things. To ensure that you can uh, have that kind of long-term goal and, and be back for that. Jack, how about you? Uh, well, I haven't had any competitions in the last few weeks, but the one thing that happened was um, I had a meeting with Welsh Athletics about the sort of physiology behind my competing, which was new, so that was interesting because um, I, had, I had a training camp a few weeks ago, and basically it's Danny Cardiff in the indoor athletics centre in Cardiff Met, and we did a, a session including testing, so. For me, I'm a 400-800 runner, so I had lactic testing up to my first turn point, it's called. So that's basically the point at which I start producing more lactic. So the whole point was 
they took your blood and um, put it into a computer and it, it basically gives you sort of training zones to inform about how fast you should be going when you're doing your recovery, when, you, when you're doing hard work. So yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. That's really interesting. So then when that informs your training, yeah. so you take that data, it'll help inform your training. Talk to me about those training zones. How will you make sure that you're going to be training in those training zones? Well, or how do athletes make sure they do train in those training zones? Well, I use a, like a chest heart rate strap. So basically it, it told me that at, for me, it's like 160 around. I start producing, I go from like- 161 so one for people that don't know, 160, what? Beats minutes, minute. sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and at, at, around there I start producing a bit more lactic acid, which therefore makes me more fatigued. And then, so if, for example, I'm doing a recovery run and I start producing too much of that, then the next day, I'm not gonna be able to complete the session. Absolutely. So it's all about sort of gauging your effort and making sure that those easy days are easy. That's really interesting. And yeah. did, you find, did you find the fact that that's gonna inform your training and how you can set your training program yeah. now from that? It was useful because, well, some of the longer distance boys, they, they're a bit slower at sprinting, but they've got really good sort of um, lactic threshold to their endurance basically. So they did, they had testing all the way up until their threshold, at which point they start working anaerobically. Whereas I just had the first turn point and then I had like a 2K time trial. And why is the first turn point important for you? Well, for me, um, I don't really do as much training in sort of zone four, which is the second turn point, because it basically slows you down, but makes you very fit. So I do most of my trainings either zone one and two, which is easy pace recovery, or essentially zone five and six, working really hard and on the track, that is sort of trying to build speed endurance rather than just straight endurance. Absolutely, how interesting that is, well, and thanks for sharing that, by the way. It's mm -hmm. really, really interesting sports science. Um, how interesting that this is obviously technology and um, bioscience that's been around for a long time. And professional athletes would have been benefited from this, yeah. wouldn't they? But now it's featuring and filtering right the way down through to, uh, to young international athletes as well. And, and it, what was just reserved for like, the, the top international athletes maybe you know, 10, yeah. 10 years ago is now being used and helping to inform. So when we go back and we start thinking about why times are getting faster and why people are getting stronger and why people are breaking records. It's because this information, this data is filtered right the way down now, all the way through that pathway um, into, uh, you know, under 18, under, under 16, under 18 level as well, which is, uh, which is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it was a really good experience. Excellent, That's, thanks for sharing with us, Jack. That's brilliant. Okay, good, so lots to get into, um, lots of results to kind of catch up on. Um, hockey. Talk to me, guys, about your national semis. So, and what that means now, semi-finals, who did you play, where did you go, long day, where do we now go after this? Uh, so yeah, basically on Thursday we had the whole day off. So that was two Thursdays ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. Last Thursday, last Thursday, no, two Thursdays ago. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. So two weeks ago we had um, the semi-finals for nationals and we won all of our games, we didn't lose a single one. So you start off playing, there's two pools, mm -hmm. so we played our pool, there, there were two teams in that, Monmouth and Ersko, but we didn't have one, can't say the name. Yeah. <laughs> and then we won that pool, so we came out on top. Great. And then the first place and the second place go through to Newtown to play the top two teams of the other pool. So us and Monmouth went through, and because we were the we were first place, we played second place in sure. so we were at, at an advantage. So then we played them and we beat them 2-0. And who was that? Who was the, who was the uh, kind of player against? The Ryder. Ryder Henros. Yeah. yeah. So then we won that 2-0, so that means that 
we go through to the finals in March. Brilliant. And the finals are played at? Sophia Gardens. Yes, Sophia Gardens down in Cardiff. And yeah. we do know who we're playing in that as well, don't we? Yeah. Um, Brumagano. Brumagano. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're a really strong side. Yes. We found a little bit more about them, actually, because the day before you had your finals, I was with the under-16 girls who lost in their kind of playoff semi-final um, to uh, uh, Bishopston. But in our pool was Scott um, Romaganog, and uh, you know we, we we it was a close game between our sixteens and, and their sixteens. It was really close, but they had some two very strong kind of uh, defensive and midfield player. Mira and Sophia. Yeah, really set the and so obviously it was great because Miss saw them play yeah. the day before, but then they also played the day after as well for yeah. the seniors. I think they played for the eighteens, yeah. didn't they? So. It's good that Miss has kind of got, because I think they're probably one of the two strongest, even in their senior yeah. side. Yeah, they're a very strong team, but the only thing is that, I don't know, could possibly give us a bit of an advantage is, we obviously played Monmouth in our first initial mm-hmm. group, and we beat them 2-1. And then, what, what's this called? Abramagam. Abramagam played Monmouth in the finals, because they came second and Abramagam were first. Yeah, yeah. And Birmingham would only beat them in penalties. Oh, okay. So it's going to be close then. So we can take some confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, you know, we talk about kind of um, how we can go into that game, obviously, a bit closer to the time. But I think we can take some confidence from that, can't we, for sure? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a big... But it's still going to be... Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but hey... I can't, we can't go into it thinking you know, no, they're no. better. No, yeah, they're not. You're there. We're both the top two schools. Absolutely. Nationally. That's, the, that's the confidence we need to go yeah. in with it. Brill, so semis, national semis, great success, into the final, fantastic. Um, right, we'll come back to what's just happened over the last weekend, but the rugby two weeks ago was a drop fixture against Kings Worcester. How did that one go, lads? Yeah, it was a <clears throat> it was a good game to be fair. They were they were they were a decently strong side with some uh, good players, but we uh we definitely brought our A game and uh yeah it was a pretty comfortable win for us to be honest. Yeah, it was a bit great. of a ropey first half, but mm. second half floodgates open and we yeah. were just scoring points left, right, and centre. Yeah. First game back for you, Dan? After you know, yeah, uh, first game back after three weeks. It was it was nice to be back, and I think it was a good game to start off because I don't it wasn't too easy but then. I, throughout the old game, I think we knew that we had them. I think it was kind of a bit more of an attrition, really. I think yeah. we, we ground them down a little bit. Yeah, and in the end, I think in the second half, we were in that 22 for about 20, 25 minutes. Probably should have came away with a couple more tries, yeah. but we didn't, but we got the win in the end. I remember so. seeing you a couple of days before the game, Dan. You had three weeks off. You were like the caged animal. You, were, you couldn't wait for that yeah. game on that Saturday. So, uh, I was, uh, I was pleased to watch you and uh, yeah it was a good result um, tough game and uh, we look forward to playing there next year I think they'll be uh, they'll be a good match for us next year as well um, a seconds played and they're a much bigger school remember um, our seconds played um, against their seconds had a really good match Mr Thompson said it was really competitive we spent a lot of time in their, in their 22 but couldn't kind of convert their defence was excellent I think they had a lot of um, upper sixth boys playing and Bearing in mind our, our kind of second team is, uh, is second and uh, sorry is uh, lower sixth and um, and year eleven. So I would just like to mention that Joe Reese got his first. Ah, first we have to mention for, um, oh, too long. Yeah, so Joe, Joe's obviously lower sixth, upper sixth, and he's been yeah. in two years. And he hasn't got a try. Played so lots. Played I think lots. it was worthy to say on the podcast that he uh, got his try. I think first me. He said he ran the whole whole field. Like, yeah. 
think he ran from the five meter. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a good try. Dan, believe me, wait, wait 20 years and he'll be saying, I went from the dead ball line. Oh, exactly. In our own try, in our own half. So, uh, yeah, just yeah, all, congratulations, all, Joe. All good props went to embellish a little bit, but he very well deserved and very thoroughly deserved, and I was really pleased for him. So, yeah, well, well remembered and, and a good mention. Um, okay, and then this week or this past week, um, no rugby, because that didn't happen uh, for seniors, there was no rugby to talk about, but what there was, was hockey. So talk me through the week, girls. What's, what's it been like building up to, to Friday? And what was Friday, if people don't know what happened on Friday? Uh, Friday was our like, annual Shandabi day. So Shandabi obviously big rivals, so we yeah. played them. Um, what was yeah. the week like leading up to it? It was quite like intense. Very we had a lot intense. of training and we obviously got given jumpers. Yeah. And ties, um, and then yeah, there was a lot being lot being posted, and it was just being spoken about. So it was quite like yeah. hyped up. So then <laughs> stress. Yeah. I think it means a lot to people, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. Um, I know you had a you had a team meeting where you learned a little bit about the history of um of the fixture, how many fixtures have been played, how long it's been played for, yeah. and I know lots of people kind of wrote in, didn't they? Good luck messages to let you. Yeah, lots of like previous yeah. captains. That was really nice. Yeah, that was really nice, wasn't it? Because. That will be you guys in you know next couple of years. So it'll be a case of you then knowing exactly how the pupils are feeling here when they're playing in their uh, in their in their matches as well. Um, so the week was quite intense leading up. Yeah. Um, anything going on in school? Were the school bothered? Were we doing much in school about it? Yeah. Do you want to talk about the the the, the community. Yeah. Well, Dan and Wallace, I think, led it. They made a real big effort, which was really good. Really talk good to me then, Dan, and I, I'll, I'll pass it over to you then. <laughs> You're the, uh, the school community prefect, so, yeah, how, so did they, how did they get involved? Well, we just thought we've got to make it a big day, really. So, me and James Hayward, or formerly known as Wallace, we were on the we made a bunch of flags, so when all the girls ran out, we had flags everywhere. We had Harry Holden and Cam shine on the cupcakes. Doing a great job, they? were they? loving it. They they saw eat, them. Were, they, were they eating them, or were they selling Cam, them? Harry was making, you should be surprised, <laughs> and Cam was eating. Um, and then we had Mr Thomas on the mic. Which I think because really appreciated yeah, yeah, a big partnership for hockey. Absolutely. And I think the CCB friends played a really big part in it, just helping it all come together. And we just all the other students on stalls selling cards, CCB merch, so everything. And I think it was a really nice day with Christmas music in the background. It was a really good community day, wasn't it? Good feel, lovely way to feel and, and, and kind of finish the term. Um, whole school came together, which yeah. was a great part. So talk to me about the actual the details of it, girls. So tell me about the day, the game. And how that went? Um, well, the game, the game itself was a good game. It was quite hard actually, mm. like a lot harder than a we lot thought. harder than we thought. Because we played them previously in the season, we bought one against them reasonably comfort comfortably. Yeah. But the game on the game on Friday was a lot. They they a had a strong side. I think that's testimony to them then, really, isn't it? Yeah, they, they they came, they brought their game, and and remember they they play a lot of hockey in Llandovery, they don't have an AstroTurf in Llandovery, so it's kind of nice for them to come and play on an Astro and play here. But th th So that's a bit different for them. So they obviously had to raise their game, and, and I think they did, didn't they? You know, yeah, they definitely did. It was very like a back and forth, because mm. obviously it was 1-0 to us, 1-0, 2-1. Like Absolutely. Yeah, it was yeah. Like last minute, last second, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think before we talk about the last seconds and, uh, and the, yeah, the short corner, um, I think we should definitely mention the new scoreboard. How great yes, they were! It was so nice to have And thank you to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Davis um, 
for for supporting that and and kind of sponsoring the um, the school. But it looks great, and uh, there's one on the outside of the classroom block as well, and they they, they both look fantastic, and uh, we're we're very grateful for those, and they kind of added a little bit, didn't it? To yeah, the, it's, uh, yeah. To it's the like occasion. helpful for the. Um, players, yeah, that's great because you guys will never know that. Yeah, no, you, you, no. you get someone will tell you how much time left. Yeah, exactly. But you know exactly how long yeah. it's left. Yeah. So then, towards the end, what happened? What was the score? Build it up for us. Well, it was two all yeah. with eight minutes ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did. They scored a great goal as well. That, yeah, that was a goal was unreal. The second one. Yeah, yeah I don't know another like that, that that doesn't go in for me very ten times very often. No. You know, that was a really good goal. Yeah, so was, yeah. we should give them credit for that. Yeah. But tell tell me how it finished. Uh we finished well in the last the whistle went and the goalie actually celebrated a bit too early. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, in the last second we had a short corner and Floss scored it. Yeah. So when a short corner is played in the last minute, all of your players come up mm-hmm. and you play the short corner until it leaves. So we were like, right guys, it's not like just don't so regardless of time, yeah, regardless you can carry on as long as it doesn't let out. So we were like, okay guys, do not yeah. let it out. Yeah. And then Flosh just got it first hit. Yeah. It was, it was great. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was brilliant, wasn't it? It slid in at the uh, bottom right hand corner. Yeah, yeah. Just it was about. it was like, yeah. It was meant to be, wasn't it? Yeah. It was meant to be. It was perfect. It was really well injected, Al. It was a great set piece, and Floss just absolutely buried it. it was yeah, good. and yeah. Um, and then the rest is history, really. I think everyone <laughs> yeah. had a good celebrate afterwards, and uh, all credit to Flandevry. You know, they came and they they worked really hard, and they made it a really they're good game. Them and in they're the game. If their goalie wasn't there, I think it would have been a yeah yeah. Game. So all credit to them. They played really well, and as you said, their their, their goalkeeper was. Uh, Probably their player of the match, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so good stuff. So, great day. Um, and I'm really, really kind of pleased that, that we got the victory as well. And, and the school community came together brilliantly. So, well done, everybody. Right, lads. So, towards the end of the Michaelmas term, um, we've been playing in a, in a Daily Mail kind of merit trophy, um, which uh, is, is new this year. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about what, what that is and, and how we kind of fared? Um, so, the Daily Mail kind of is where you have teams from England and what well, teams schools from England and Wales who compete and play against each other to earn different points depending on how well the game is each week. Um, so we started off quite well. We uh, we were in the top twenty four of it. Yeah. Which I think is quite good and not playing as many games as those of Clifton, Millfield, but we stuck it at the top. Um, and with the game not being on on last Saturday, it was a bit of a shame because I reckon we could have. Maybe jumped up to Sam for eight. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, in the end, we ended up ten. So I think it's a, so just to give a bit of context about the, the merit table. Um, you get points um, compared to the teams that you're playing against, and and depending on the difficulty of the game that you play um, and the amount of points that you score, you kind of score a certain amount of merit. Um, yeah. regards to the, the team that you played against. Now we played, we were due to play seven fixtures, uh, we played five yeah. uh, and obviously Dean Close would have been our sixth on the weekend so we were hoping that might have, with a victory there, bumped us up maybe a, a little bit more and, um, and then we've also got one on Wednesday against Bloxham but I think that could fall foul to the uh, the weather as well but but a top ten finish yeah. um, for a little school in the middle of Wales. Well I, th- I think it worked out quite well because on, I think it was 
uh, Rugby Pass on Next Gen on their uh, Instagram post. Christ College was the first one you've seen. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah. So he gets the publicity yeah, it was quite well. It, was, yeah. Yeah. it worked quite well. If he didn't scroll across, yeah. then you wouldn't yeah, see any of the But just give me a flavour of the, of the other schools in the top ten then. Did you um, did you scroll across? I know we were drawing with Kirkham Grammar School. That's where we were going Maybe maybe Clifton as well. Yeah. Harrow came first and the yeah. mix of Clifton, Sedbra, Millfield, Eton. Yeah. In the mix of yeah, it. There are Trinity. Trinity so all the big teams. A lot of teams have gone to the Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, basically we were up there with the, the big dogs now. Good. But I think it really really shows uh like where we've come from the last few years considering uh in that rugby well in that young rugby mm-hmm. post the photo was about five years old. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a very old photo. And um, so it kind of comes to the end. I know we've got a few games after Christmas, but um, kind of a successful season, no, uh, I think, up until, up until now. So, so all credit to the rugby squad and, and obviously Mr. Parry and uh, Mr. Strange there for, uh, for, for leading that. Right, so countdown. And we're at number four on our countdown. Um, Muhammad Ali was number five, so he was obviously a very well-known sportsman and we talked about him um, last week. This week's athlete very well known but actually not competing anymore um, do you all know who this person is or have you all heard of this person before yeah, yeah. some people are shaking their head Maggie you're kind of well, I've you, heard of him before I've recognised him but I don't really know any facts about him yeah so he is for me an absolute legend um, and uh, he's not competing now but when he was competing he was the best athletes in the world at that time, for sure. And, and not just for a period of um, four years. He had a very long career, um, which we'll find out a little bit now. So over to you, please, Jack. Who is our number four on our all-time athlete list? Well, number four is Michael Phelps. And personally, I think he has to be the greatest Olympian of all time. And the reason I say that is because he's won 18 gold medals in his career, and that's more than any other Olympian. And that is absolutely staggering. It's amazing, isn't it? I see, there's, there's an amazing photo of him wearing all... I, I urge you all to look at it and Google it. Just to think about how many medals 18 is, there's an amazing photo of him in his, in his Speedos where, wearing all 18 of his medals. That must be about 5 kg. I'm surprised he's not bending over and... Um, and kind of feeling the weight of that, but it's it's amazing photo. I urge you all to have a look at it. But eighteen, as you said, Jack, amazing. Yeah, well, he's an incredible athlete, retired now, but what a career! So he was born in Baltimore, Maryland, on June the thirtieth, nineteen eighty-five. He has two older sisters who also swim, and he has he yeah he has ADHD. And funny enough, that was actually the reason why he started swimming because his parents they got him into swimming as a way for him to burn off some of the energy. So that's quite funny, the fact that they originally wanted to burn up energy and now he's I think 18 of, medals I in. think a lot of parents can uh, kind of relate there, get your children into sport to burn off energy. That's, I, I know I certainly do. Um, so he was, he was a pretty good kind of young swimmer. Yeah. Um, well, I say pretty good. He was, he was outrageous. Um, and uh, I know you're going to go on and tell us a little bit about um, how old was he when he qualified for his first Olympics? Well, he was only 15. So that's amazing, younger than no, all of yeah, us. Absolutely, yeah. So, just so he, what have he been doing? His GCSEs? Yeah. <laughs> and then casually swimming in the Olympics on the side? So that's that, the 2000 Olympics, I think they were in, oh, this is a test now for me. Oh, I think they were in Greece. 
2000, I think it was 2001. Greece, in Athens. Athens, I think. Yeah, so his first Olympics, Athens 2000. How old, oh, tell me you guys weren't even born, were you? No. Minus six, I was. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Right, so, 2000 Athens Olympics. None of you guys were born. He's there, 15, breaking, breaking records. Um, yeah, he does lots of different strokes. Um, he's, and that's, that's kind of beauty of swimming, isn't it? I think if you can swim, you don't just swim one, you do a lot. Um, and uh, he has records in, in loads, doesn't he, Jack? Yeah, and that, I think that's a credit to him, because if you look at swimmers, like across the strokes, their physiques are so different. So it must be really like sort of rare for someone to be that dominant across all the different strokes. Absolutely, yeah. He's got lots of red in the 400 meters, four by one, 200 meters freestyle, 200 meters butterfly, and the list goes on and on and on. Quite interestingly, however, because lots of studies have been done into Michael Phelps about why he is particularly one or the best swimmer of all time. Um, and why is he so fast? And, and people have looked into his kind of biometrics and how his body is made up. You got any, anything to add about that? Well, yeah. So when he was training, he ate around 12,000 calories a day, which is incredible. I can't imagine swimming with that many Danny calories. Danny, you do about 12,000 a day, don't you? Well, 30,000 a day, you? The most I used to do is about 6,000 a day, I think. Wow. So and double that, and he's swimming for probably half of his... Yeah, yeah, so that's crazy. I was, oh, I was going to be sick when I was on six. That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. 12,000 calories a day. I just couldn't even comprehend how much. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I teach this in GCSE and we talk about diets and we, we kind of go through it. And I have got the Michael Phelps diet on a slide that we, um, that we show to my guys at GCSE. Uh, PE and it is a lot of food. It's, I think that's around the same as Eddie Hall, World Strongest yeah. Man, he's eating during his and, and five you, years. And if you can picture what Michael Phelps looks like compared exactly. to Eddie Hall, Eddie Hall is probably about twice the weight. Yeah, absolutely Actually. huge. And to be honest, doesn't look like he can swim. So yeah, the fact that Michael Phelps has done that incredible training of twelve thousand calories. So his kind of body, for example, interesting things about he's got a really long torso. So his his kind of frame is very, very long, but he's got quite short legs for his size. So he, he's obviously a very tall man, but his body is split a bit different to our proportions. You know, his legs are quite short, but his torso is really long. He's got very large feet, uh, size 14 feet, which after those kind of, um, those, what, what's called, flippers. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're kind of propelling through the water and they glide into it. So he's very powerful. Um, kind of like a freak, really, in terms of his, his body makeup and, and how, how, how his, uh, his physique lends itself. Um, obviously, he's trained an awful lot. Obviously, he's, you know, one of the most successful athletes. But that doesn't come just because, you know, you're lucky with your physique. I think you have to put an awful lot of training in. And, and, and he, he would have trained every single day, you know, for, for, for years and years and years. Um, as you said, Jack, sorry, I'm going to interrupt. 12,000 calories of food a day. Anything else about him? Well, again, at 15 years and nine months, he was the youngest male to break a world record in swimming. And for such a physical sport where, you know, you need to be developed, something incredible he was going to be at such an early age. I like the next, the next point you're going, to, you're going to raise here. This is, this is awesome, this one. Yeah. yeah, fact. So if Michael Phelps was a country, he'd be ranked 32nd on the all-time medal count in the Olympics. And that's just staggering. So, as in everything, everything a country has won in 120 years and 28 Summer Olympics. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's the 32nd most successful country ever. 
That's crazy, isn't it? You know, one man. One man. And, uh, and obviously swimming, swimming, you get lots of medals in, but to be, to be kind of like the 32nd best country and it's just one guy, that's pretty, pretty outstanding. Um, yeah, I think Michael Phelps definitely deserves um, to be on our, our top 10, definitely. And I think he's probably right. I'm, I'm interested to see who's going to come next for a third, second or first, but I would say, and for maybe lots of the parents who, who might be listening in, Michael Phelps will be very well known and very well deserving. Right, okay, and uh, Sport Watch. So there's a little kind of competition going on in the middle of uh, the Middle East at the moment. Dan, do you know what, what's going on out there? Qatar World Cup. Qatar, yeah, so the World Cup. Can you give us a bit of info? What's been going on over the last couple of days in the Qatar football world? So Cup? the quarterfinals have just been played and we've got our semi-finalists. Uh, so we have Argentina who played the Netherlands in a very feisty game. Yeah, it was very feisty. There were some great yeah. photos at the end of... It was quite a, uh, an aggressive match, wasn't it? I think it's a good way of describing that. Who won that one? Uh, Argentina. Yeah. And then we have Croatia, who I believe played Spain. Yeah, you did. Um, France, who played England. Yeah. Which was. Uh, did you watch it? Very did close. you watch it? I watched it. Yeah. 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 You watched it? Yeah. You've been into it, yeah? Yeah. Good. <laughs> what did you, so what did you think then, girls, about the uh, England game? Did you did you want England to win? Did you not well, want England to win? I personally, I'm going to put it out there, I wanted England to win. Yeah, yeah same. Me too. I wanted England to win. I wanted them <laughs> to be successful. Uh, even, Dan, Dan's looking at me now. Even though, obviously, I'm Welsh, I wanted England to win. I think they've got a really positive campaign. I was, I was disappointed. I was really gutted for them. How about you guys? What did you think? Yeah, like, I agree. I think the ref just missed out on quite a few. Lots of really, There was some stuff really I weird. I don't even really know my football, but I was like, come on, sure. Yeah. <laughs> must have been There's a lot of similarities between yeah. football and hockey, for sure. Sure, absolutely. And I was watching and thinking the ref had missed uh, quite a bit. Don't <laughs> 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 so you like the football? Yeah, it seemed like all the yellow cards got used up the day before, really. Well, that was like three men to yellow cards. So it's a bit of a shame, really, when you're having that, the spotlight on football and one day you've got a ref putting out a yellow card left, right, and centre, and the next day you've got. It's kind of like they've been. No protection. Like, like had a bit of a briefing. You know, exactly. After, after the debacle the that was 17 yellow cards the day before, right, now you can't award any today, you've got to try and bring it back in line. And that referee, the referee of the England game, he didn't want to give any out for anything. Yeah, I think we've got to remember though, England should have won, they could have won, had the chances to win. Yeah. Harry Kane, great striker, but couldn't put that penalty. Yeah, the one the second penalty. It was tricky and I felt I felt really sorry for, for them and I, I really wanted them to win. Um he, he obviously missed that penalty, eighty third minute, to take it into extra time. Um and uh, he put one away um earlier on in the match as well. So I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Have you so you can stick with it, you're gonna watch the semis and the final yeah. and yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's been, it's been quite good. I think I quite like the, the fact that it's a seven o'clock game. I don't know about yeah, anyone else. It's quite a good time. It's a good time yeah, yeah. because it's like on and then it's not too late. It doesn't go on until 10. It's like it's done and dusted. Seven o'clock games, I think. Well, you never know with the added time this uh, World Cup. That's true. Good stuff. I think we special mention for uh, obviously, uh, we talked about France, uh, Morocco, um, the first uh, African nation ever to get to the semi final of the World Cup. And a lot was kind of said when um, Morocco were, were playing about 
how they're kind of broken through that glass ceiling and African football is developing and, and getting better and better. And they, they play brilliantly. I, I love watching them. And um, it's going to be a really interesting uh, game between Morocco and, uh, and France. Yeah, on the topic of Morocco, obviously we've got Portugal's exit as well from the World Cup and Ronaldo's obviously missed opportunity to... Uh, he was, was devastated, wasn't he? Oh, he was absolutely devastated. I think it's been a strange World Cup for Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, he's been benched. Um, I think he's been been a kind of a little bit kind of antagonistic within his his kind of uh, his camp. Um, he's had a kind of a strange World Cup. Um, you could see all the, the emotion pouring out of him at the end. I think he's he's realizing that a that's his last World Cup, but b you know his career really is coming to an end, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's he's handled his downfall quite badly. He's really struggled to accept the fact that you know he's not the best in the world anymore, and especially with Messi shining. Yeah. Messi, you Messi right shining. Remember, Messi's a little bit younger than him. He is younger. He's younger. He is younger. But no, we're not going to get back into this argument. I know, it's a recurring theme, so. It is. We're going to have to have a special pod on this, this exact topic, and I'm going to get my fact. That. And, but I agree, Jack. I, I, I love Ronaldo. I love Messi. I love Ronaldo. I think they're both outstanding, outstanding athletes. But I definitely agree with you. Some people who have been kind of advising him or his PR team. They kind of they kind of had a bit of a disaster I think over the last couple yeah. of months. They they really have. He to take words out of your mouth. He's handled his kind of um, his kind of pathway out of, of football quite poorly. Um, but yeah, well well they were very right to mention uh, mention him. Um, but yeah, Portugal gone, and uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of rooting for Morocco now. Oh, the yeah. end dogs. Well, I'm definitely rooting for yeah. Argentina. Oh, you can't. Yeah. Um, Firmly on the Argentinian side. That, that final then, it's going to be Morocco-Argentina final. And, uh, well, actually, on top of the final, there's a very famous uh, bet that some part which I've seen on social media earlier. Uh, he paid, this guy paid $26 uh, for a bet over loads of sports with like basketball and uh, obviously the World Cup and like rugby. Uh, for all this stuff to happen and absolutely everything is mm-hmm. happening apart from France winning the World Cup. Ooh. So if France wins the World Cup, he uh, he has to pay out about six hundred thousand pounds. <sighs> wow. From a twenty from so a twenty pounds. So he is banking on or he's hoping that yeah. France kind of can do it. I think I think they're probably they're probably the favourites. Yeah. I think I think they're probably the favourites and Argentina then just behind Croatia got to the European final. Um, so they're gonna be but yeah, Colesco and Morocco. Come on, can't wait to Morocco to, uh, to, to be Argentina for you in the final there. Uh, um, rugby, what's been going on in the world of rugby? Lots of sackings. Lots of sackings, yeah. Maybe some, maybe some sackings that need to have happened and maybe some that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, come on. What do you mean by that, Al? Who, well, who's gone? Who shouldn't have gone? Do you think they both should have gone? Who, who's been sacked? I personally think that Eddie Jones shouldn't have been sacked. And I think they should have waited until after the World Cup to sack him. Yeah, go on. Why do you think? Well, obviously, the results haven't been as good as they have been in the past. But I think for such an influential coach, they shouldn't have just let him go like how they did. Because it was very abrupt. It was very, like, this, like, it's going to happen. But I read a tweet from uh, James Haskell, I think he was. Um, I, I think I agree with you about Eddie Jones. James Haskell wrote a really interesting tweet where he said, this is a guy who's got... The most, he's the most experienced World Cup coach. He got England to the final of the last World Cup. 
he's built his entire kind of programming. We talked about periodization. He's built his entire period for England about this World Cup. You know, he's got past experience. They should have stuck. He thinks a lot of the players still think they should have stuck with him through. Danny, shaking your head. No, looking looking how England did in the uh, autumn series and looking at the players they had, it just wasn't good enough. They should they should be well, should have won most of their games. Yeah. Well, I, I, again, I, I, I'm definitely still offensive because I totally agree with that as well. I think England are the lowest kind of in terms of their potential performing yeah, um, nation performed. in the world. You look at the populations. Yeah, and many the, players. The players they have. I think. People who aren't even on the subs should be starting for yeah. Wales. We could do we could do a whole pod on that as well. Yeah. So Eddie Jones gone, um, Richard Cockrell taking over through to the World Cup. Um, I think they're gonna kind of have a bit of a um, squib now. I think I think everyone's gonna be going for them. I think everyone will go for them and, and think that they're they're kind of beatable. Um, Wales, what's been happening in Wales? Oh well, Wayne Pivak's out and uh, Gannon's back in. I think uh, Wayne Pivak definitely needed to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. so you definitely agree with that. That, that. that should have happened oh, when we lost to Italy, I reckon. It's been a long time coming now. We're going to have to build a big... I reckon they'll end up naming the stadium after him. Because he's got a gate. Or Gatlin's gate, hasn't he? Yeah, middle of the stadium. Just call the stadium after him because he's coming back. He's like the saviour of Welsh rugby. Do you think it's a good, good thing then? Do you think oh, Wales will have a bit of an upturn now from this? Yeah, I think... Uh, I'm really hoping that this World Cup does them good because if it does, then uh, I think, especially with Gatland, that would really, really uh, boost. What you, what's a good World Cup then for Wales? I think semi-finals, I think, would be... Semi-finals, yeah. That would be really, really good. Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? I reckon if Wales won that day, they could win it. Oh, damn, you are ever I reckon they said... Ever the optimist. There are always the best best moments in those games where I think, wow, that looking good, yeah. <laughs> which, which game against Georgia did you think there was some I was looking more at the Australia game <laughs> until it went down again. But no, I don't know. I reckon, looking at some of the players they have and the people coming through, yeah, they do quite well. Nice. Okay, give us a quick roundup then of uh, the last weekend's uh, rugby, um, Ol and Dan. Uh, how, have, how have our kind of Welsh regions done? Well, <coughs> Cardiff done really well actually, ending a long, long barren run for Welsh sides in Europe as they thrashed by forty-one nil in the opening, uh, opening round of the uh, European Championship. Yeah, they were dominant. They were really good, Cardiff. I watched them. They were really, really good. I was very impressed. Dan, on the topic of Cardiff, we can just say congratulations to Owen Conker, Geffen O'Callaghan, and Harry Holden on the weekend. Yeah, go on and tell why. Why, so, why should we be congratulating those three particular the three boys who? Cardiff Rugby Academy at the minute had to play their, well, played their first game against RGC yeah. up at Colwyn Bay. They all started the game early. They all played really well, actually. So, I heard that as well. good for Christ College. Yeah, very good for Christ So, brilliant. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, well done, Dan. Well remembered. And that, that's really good. Excellent kind of uh, kind of flying the flag for uh, for Christ Call for sure. Um, so, yeah, Cardiff, they did pretty well. Um, little mention for Lloyd Williams. 250th appearance for the club. That's pretty epic. Um, so yeah, and he scored, um, which was great as well. Uh, so uh, kind of see a great day for him. The Dragons, Dan, how did they get off? The Dragons drew with the Lions, thirty-one all. Um, how do we feel about South African teams being in the European competition? I, guess, kind of I don't like it at all. The European Cup. It's a bit weird. They're definitely not in Europe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's weird. That it's, how how can they play? It's, it's really I kind of like changed it. things a little bit. I think it adds a different style of play to it because 
you've got the Irish team, the Scottish, the you have the Welsh, yeah. the, ta- the Italian teams. I think the South Africans are just bring that speed of physicality. They'll bring something totally different. Which is needed. I don't think you, I'm not, you're not wrong there, but what I think it's kind of, we've got to call it something else then. Yeah, we, we've got to change it. We've got to, you know, the European Cup. Yeah, it's got to be something a little bit different. Um, right, the Ospreys, lastly then, I'll have they get off. Uh, well, Anthony Watson's stunning solo try just clinched a dog lesser victory in the Heineken Champions Cup at Ospreys. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah really close. But it, I looked at the teams I was watching, and it was a really kind of not to take anything away from Leicester, but second team for Leicester for sure. They were it was it was nowhere near their strongest. So I think Ospreys were in a bit of a tricky place. Um, they, uh, they they didn't perform. Um, they lost to a second string. Um, of Leicester's team, they're gonna they're gonna struggle. I think um, mm. they got a they got a really uh, uphill battle to uh, to face there. And then lastly, the Scarlets. Yeah, the Scarlets. They brought a fresh start. It was a fresh start for them, and they had an easy win over Bayonne. Yeah. The European Challenge Cup. I think they've had a decent season so far, but I think that's been one of their best wins. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so. and they they've kind of had a. A tough period in the in the URC, so obviously nice fresh start for them in the uh, in the European Challenge Cup, and and it's great to see them all doing well, with the with the exception of the Ospreys. Um, all the Welsh regions that had a had a really good good week. Okay, and that brings us to the end of uh, episode six. All I can just very briefly wanted to say is thank you to all of you guys. Um, new venture for us, podcasting. I think if we listen back to our first one in comparison to episode six now, I think we'd see a huge difference and uh, a massive improvement in the, in the way that we're uh, kind of communicating CCB news. Thank you to everybody. It's nothing without you guys. And um, I've really enjoyed spending my Monday evenings with you. And um, I wish you all a very happy Christmas and um, have a lovely break. And we we'll look forward to lots of sports happening when we come back in Lent. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.